Afternoon, everybody. Welcome into Second Down here on ESPN Radio. PJ Zuko, Cam Mercery here with you. Um, Christian Gokel will hopefully uh, be back here in the next 24 hours or so. I'm uh, feeling a little bit under the weather, uh, but he's probably tuning in. Uh, most most likely, we'll be tuning in here at some point. But so we'll try and uh, keep our keep our best up for him. But not nah, Christian Gokel not not feeling well today. So uh, feel uh, you know uh, best wishes to him. Obviously, and we'll we'll try and keep it. Keep it solid here on second down for the next hour before we lead you into three and out. And certainly looking forward to that. Of course, all presented by the Uniform Source here on second down uh, all across um, ESPN, Radio uh, Savannah and Coastal Georgia. And, of course, Okie Finoki as well. But, uh, Cam, plenty to talk about today. And uh, I know uh, we're looking forward to a lot. We had college basketball start last night, which was really yep. exciting. I know uh, both of us are, are kind of pumped uh, to see the college basketball season get underway. I know one, one of our one of our schools in uh, college football is doing pretty well right now. So <laughs> I'm I'm really looking forward to college basketball season. Uh, even even though uh, my my school's not that great at basketball, but either way, it's a fresh start, right? Everyone's it's a clean it's a clean slate. Clean slate. Uh, yeah, my basketball team hasn't lost to Illinois yet, so uh, hopefully, you know, that doesn't happen. So, so anyway, uh, I know uh, Georgia fans looking forward to the rest of the college football season, but hey, uh, looking forward to college basketball. We had some big games there uh, last night uh, as well, all over the air as well. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Also, the NFL, y- you blink, and we're, we're all kind of already kind of right there at, at midseason, yep. and, which is wild. I mean, you look forward to the Super Bowl and the playoffs for sure, and you got the holidays right around the corner. And ho- wait a minute, we're we're halfway done with the NFL season. That's that's wild. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Kind of go over some of our midseason awards and uh, see what we think about where everyone is right now and uh, what the what what things look like for the end of the season, of course. But you're probably surprised we haven't mentioned it yet. College football playoff rankings uh, came out yeah. last night once again, and uh, you know. At at this point, feel like maybe they're even just ranking certain people. You know, this is like because you know everything's going to kind of work itself out to to a certain extent mm-hmm. at by the end of the year. I don't know. This year's kind of crazy, so maybe that doesn't happen. But you feel like it, it'll all kind of work itself out. Hopefully, you know, you have mm-hmm. three or four schools that are up for debate at the end of the year, trying to get that last spot. But for the most part, but I feel like with some of these rankings, man, sometimes they just they just throw stuff in there and just kind of get us talking about it, uh, which is, is wild. I don't know. Anyway, you look at the rankings. You got Georgia number one, exactly where they should be. Alabama number two, uh, which is whatever. Uh, you got Oregon at number three over Ohio State, which they went out and, and beat on the field. They only had to hit. Yeah, now you talk about those losses. Ohio State. Uh, has one loss there to Oregon, of course, and Oregon has lost to three and six Stanford. So, either way, though, the committee's saying, hey, they beat them on the field. They're number three. I agree. Ohio State's number four. Uh, you have Cincinnati moving up to it, which is good. Like, I, I look, you have a team losing in front gonna, of them. I'm going to get on to that in a second. Yeah, I, you have a team yeah. losing in front of them, and I was waiting to see are they just going to keep them at six? Mm-hmm. Are they going to actually let them progress? They let them progress up to five. Not quite in that number four realm, though. And then you get to six and seven, which is where the this discussion is right now with, with a lot of people. Understand it's not an SEC team or anything like that, but you look at the ACC, hey, 
Uh, Texas A&M, you move up to uh, ACC and SEC. Texas A&M, you move up to 11 after that big win over Auburn. Windsor mm-hmm. Forest only falls to 12. Um, so, so that interesting. Got a lot of love for NC State up there, seven and two at, at 16. Uh, Auburn only falls to 17. So, so those are some of your other, you know, Southern College football headlines. Oklahoma at, at eight, at nine and zero undefeated, but still at eight. So, you know that that interesting, sure. But yeah. The conversation seems to be around six and seven, and uh, with a lot of people, it's because six you have Michigan, seven you have Michigan State. Of course, just like with Oregon and Ohio State, mm-hmm. you have those two teams who have played each other, and Oregon won, they get number three. Apparently, it's not that simple, because yeah. with Michigan State, you won that game over Michigan. I, I don't care how you won it, you won it. I've seen this, I've seen this coming, Yeah. And- I'm gonna put and they're the, down at number seven. Yeah, so. I, I saw this coming. Um, I talked to Kevin yesterday, and I said, they're going to have Michigan State fall seven through ten. Um, they could have slid worse, but I think they gave them the yeah. Alabama treatment. If you're going to you know, slide Alabama from one to four, you can slide Michigan State from three to seven after losing to Purdue. Yeah. I think they got the same treatment. Also, it's about who can we set Ohio State up to get the marquee matchup. So, <laughs> yeah. essentially – Ohio State's going to play number seven, Michigan State, next week if all things set itself out, which I think that will happen. And then you play number six, Michigan. So you're setting yourself up for now what we call a week schedule where Ohio State has played to now you have a beautiful resume. As far as Cincinnati, I still, and I will say it, I don't know how the committee goes by this, but I would put Cincinnati ahead of Oregon and Ohio State because of this. If Oregon could go out and lose to three and six Stanford and be number three in the country, but Cincinnati could beat three and six Tulsa, beat them. I didn't say lose, mm-hmm. beat them. Why can they not get the same type of love that Oregon has got? Because Oregon beat Ohio State. Okay, Cincinnati beat number nine Notre Dame. That's Notre Dame's only loss this year, and they beat them on the road. I know Oregon beat Ohio State on the road, but what as a com- as the committee, what are we judging things from? Do we want teams to win? Or is it, oh, you can win but have a slip-up against a Stanford team? Stanford is not good. Right. They're really, really bad. They're 3-6. and six. This Ohio- isn't, Yeah, this isn't the Stanford that's like no. up top, top 30 teams. Not Andrew Love. No, no. Not that Stanford. This no, is yeah. one of the worst Stanford teams we've had in the past decade, if not the worst Stanford team. I'm just confused. Oklahoma at 8. Okay, what is Oklahoma supposed to do at this point? Because if you're looking at resumes – They've had a harder schedule than Ohio State. And I'm saying that I know Ohio State has played Oregon, but you lost to Oregon at home. Yeah. You played Penn State. Penn State Penn State fan, but they've been a they shell of themselves. Yeah. yeah, they fell off lately. Mm-hmm. But tell me the difference in schedules between Oklahoma and Ohio State. Now, I know Oklahoma has a matchup against number 13, Baylor, this upcoming week at Baylor. That'll help out. That'll catapult them in the rankings. And they have a matchup at the end of the season against number 10, Oklahoma State. I'm sure if they win those games, they'll be in the top four somehow, some way. I don't know what the committee is doing. I, I see themselves setting up Bama to, if Bama loses against Georgia by three, Bama could drop from just two to four. I yeah. could see that happening. It's a weird year, man. Yeah, It's very- a weird year. I, I'm i not a fan of these rankings still. Right. I think Cincinnati deserves to be three. I don't care if they're barely beating teams. They're still winning games. Yeah, They were Clemson. They would be in. Yeah, and I think that's the – well, what's the amazing thing about these rankings is I love that you went to Cincinnati first because what the amazing thing is with these rankings, you come out with the first week and then the second week comes out and everyone's focused on six and seven. 
Mm-hmm. But that doesn't change that Alabama's still number two and Cincinnati's all the way down to number five still. You know, that, that doesn't change that Oklahoma's at number eight. And I, I understand they, they, have a lot, they have a lot to work with in front of them, right? If they get a couple big ranked wins against Baylor and Oklahoma State and look really good in those wins, mm-hmm. they could catapult themselves up, I think, uh, pretty far on this list. That's been the problem with Oklahoma is it's weird – but it's, it's how they've looked. It's the quote-unquote eye test. Even though now they have Caleb Williams at quarterback and, and looks like a completely different team to a certain extent, you still almost almost lost to Kansas. You still almost lost to Tulane. Almost lost to... So you have all these one-possession games that have stacked up, and now you only have three games to work with to change kind of change the, the committee's whole perspective on your team. And we'll see if Oklahoma is able to do that or if they keep just barely winning, or if, if they fall in one of those games. So that really interesting to me for sure. Um, still, still having them down at number eight and not having, and having a Michigan and Michigan State ahead of them. Because, I, I mean, honestly, I, I, I don't – now that Michigan State has lost a game, I, I don't look at Michigan and Michigan State, and, and I'm not blown away by – now that they, they have really solid defenses. Michigan State has a really solid running game, of course – with uh, Kenneth Walker and what, what he's able to do. Uh, but, I mean, while I think Michigan State – and that's the weird thing, right? I think Michigan State, with what I've seen, is a better team than Michigan, e- even Absolutely. if you're just going by the eye, eye test. Yeah. And then they have the win as well. So that's wild to me for sure. Uh, we'll see what Oklahoma is able to do. But, yeah, that, that all doesn't take off the, the, the focus that, listen, like Alabama is still up there at number two, and what happens if this all stays status quo – and they just barely lose to Georgia in our two-loss team. Do you drop them from two to eight? I, I think it's hard to do that. It's some weird in things. One week, you it's know? some Especially weird things that can happen. They're, they're gonna if they get to that point, mm-hmm. they're gonna have to beat uh, Auburn, who's gonna be ranked, who's gonna be ranked in the top twenty-five still when they play that game. So that's even more of a quote-unquote resume booster uh, for for Alabama there at number two. So that's it, wild. It's some weird things that can happen. Um, we could have a dynamic like this that could happen. Ohio State beats Michigan. Michigan State basically boots all of them out. Then Ohio State goes in the Big Ten Championship. You lay an egg. Oregon goes to the Big Pac-12 Championship. They lay an egg. Alabama loses. They lay an egg. That's all two lost teams. Then who do you catapult? Okay, you get Cincinnati in. That's obvious. Oklahoma. It's obvious to us. It's, well, it's obvious right, to us. I mean, it, it might it not happen. It better be obvious to them. I'm but. trying to make a dynamic to where – what if this stuff happens because this is the first time since I well since we all been alive where it's a college football playoffs kind of like this. Every year we know at least two or three teams is locked in. We know Clemson, we know Alabama. They've always been there every single year since the playoffs started outside yeah. of maybe one year for Bama, one year for Clemson. But getting back on track, I will say this. If you look at the rankings, I do think Oklahoma will lose a game or two. I do think Notre Dame will lose another one at some point in time. Oklahoma State will lose another one. My thing is, if you look at the rankings, if Alabama loses to Georgia, Oregon loses in the Pac-12 championship in, in Oregon's, and Ohio State lays an egg in one of these games, and another team, like, then essentially you're forced to put in not one but two, two lost teams in the college football playoffs. Yeah. That could happen. I think – they're setting themselves up in a bad standing because, in my case, you put Cincinnati at, at three. I say have Bama at two because it still is Bama. That Texas A&M team, set, believe it or not, they look really good. I can't – I'm shocked. Uh, ever since that Bama game, they've turned it around. They've just been killing teams. 
But outside of that, I'm not really confident. I don't know who Ohio State is. They haven't played anybody. Mm-hmm. They haven't. A Penn State was their best team, and y'all almost had them. Penn State almost had them. If no, I I agree. Uh, honestly, that Penn State defense, which is insane, like yeah. the defense and Johan Dotson are, are magic, man. They're 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 amazing. But you hold Ohio State, who some have I've heard some analyst people uh, in higher regard than us, obviously, but I, mm. I've heard them say they think they're the best offense in the country. And I'm like, no. you go back and look at the production they've been able to put out over the past four or five weeks before the Penn State and the Nebraska game. It was against, like, Rutgers. And okay, let me give you North this past West. couple I mean, of like, weeks. Against, okay. against, against Penn State, they give you 33. That Penn what, State got the job done. I think done. that was four straight field goals yeah. in the second half held mm-hmm. by the defense when the offense just couldn't do it. You guys anything. got the job you done in that game. Down. They played three story. and six Nebraska and only put up 26 points. They would, they, it was only abs- one by one possession. Only one by one possession. It was 23 yeah. 17 at one point. They got a late field goal with a minute and 29 seconds left to make it 26 17. So, my thing that I'm getting at is, and this is what I don't like about the college football playoffs. Did you not notice something? So Purdue went from unranked to number 19 now. So now Ohio State has three games left against 19 Purdue, number seven Michigan State, and number six Michigan. Oh, yeah. They have set it up to where if Ohio State wins, they not only stay in the top four, but if they win those three games in a row, they jump Alabama. Nobody has, nobody has realized that. Nobody has recognized that. You could say, okay, Ohio State lost to Oregon, who's number three. And Alabama lost to Texas A&M, who's number 11. Ohio State has three straight three straight ranked games. If they win all three of those games, they're going to jump Alabama and be number Go two. Go all the way up to number two. I can see that happen. It's, it's crazy. I see, this, I see them being slick in the college football playoffs. Oh, Not sure. I was saying the same it. thing. And that's why I, yeah. I think I maybe corrupted your mind a little bit mm-hmm. with the whole Ohio State talk being like just things getting set up for them, right? I don't know. Yeah. But like no, I was saying the same up. I was saying the same thing with, with the, the SEC there last week. I, I would mean, love like who, chaos. How, how are we gonna fill out fifteen to twenty five? And just throw in a bunch just of throw SEC. Them in. Throw them like, a bunch on, of SEC, yeah. Big Ten, because if you look at Boost fifteen through twenty five, it's all Big Twelve, SEC. Uh, I see about two SEC teams, three Big Ten teams, all from 10 to 20 range. So it's still set. And then Ohio State is more than likely going to play number 18 or number 20, Iowa, in the um, or Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship. Yeah, It's set up beautifully. I don't – And it was – Not a fan of the range. I mean, before that, it was set up for, for Minnesota – not set up, but Minnesota had um, their – uh, you know they're 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 butting the driver's seat for the Big Ten West, and then they go out and drop an egg, you know, like like they do. So I mean that's that's a team again. Minnesota, you look. I think pretty sure Minnesota was ranked number twenty last week. They're nowhere to be found because they laid an egg, and it, the teams like that are going to do that, especially when you rank them in the top twenty-five when they're not supposed to be there. I mean they lost to Bowling Green earlier this year, and. Or like, yeah, why not just put them in the top twenty-five you, last week? That's wild. But the thing that I'm um, happy about is Georgia is number one, and we haven't said nothing about them because they're clear. They're clearly the best team, clear in the way, the best team in the country. Do I, I think agree. they have holes? They have a lot of holes, but they're clearly the best team in the country. Right, right. Could not agree more. And uh, just actually, I'm I'm sure posted uh, by by Christian a couple hours ago on uh, ESPN Coastal's Instagram per Kirby Smart. George Pickens is uh, taking reps with the scout team uh, there with Georgia, and uh, there's still no time frame for his return. Uh, so, George Pickens. Now, no timetable for his return. 
You know, obviously a tough injury there last year at the end of the year, but or in the off season. But man, if you can add that guy, if you can add Pickens late in the mm-hmm. season, even if it's just for the college football playoff run, if you make it, which they're going to make it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even if you just add him for that, whew, this offense goes to a whole nother level. I think. Yep. I mean, goodness gracious. I agree. I agree. It's a possibility. Not saying it's going to happen. It's a possibility. I'll, it's a possibility. Hopefully. I agree. But, you know, we're well, well, well over, so we'll be right back. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, we are <laughs> well over. We'll be right back. What, we're talking midseason NFL awards next? Yeah. Why not, man? Like you said, uh, you know, uh, you, you blink your eye and you hear it in the middle of the season here in the NFL. So I know there's been a lot of movement, a lot of things happened mm-hmm. over the past couple weeks. But, yeah, why not? Let's take a look at the NFL and, and do some of these awards. Okay. We'll be right back. And welcome back. Second down here on ESPN Radio, all presented by the Uniform Source, PJ Zuko, Cam Usery here with you. Uh, Christian Gokel out for today. Hopefully he'll be back in and uh, feeling better than ever tomorrow. A little under the weather, but uh, again, yeah, hopefully he'll be right back with us there tomorrow. But again, a lot to talk about today, and you you just get through the season. You start trudging through some of these games in the NFL, right? It's... Your team's out to a hot start, or they stumble through the first couple weeks, whatever. You kind of lose track of where you're at, and boom, we're here mm-hmm. at midseason, staring down the, the, the barrel of the second half of the season, and teams fighting for playoff spots and everything like that. So with that, celebrate it a little bit with some uh, midseason awards for us here on the show, and you know, plenty to go up and, and look at. Uh, probably uh, going to go through most of them here on the let's, show. Not, not every single one. But. With these rewards, yeah, awards midseason, let's just start from the least interesting to the right. most. So we'll do MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year last. But let's start off Coach of the Year, yeah. Comeback. I like that. You know, let's, let's, let's do build that. Build it up. Yeah, let's build it up. Which is funny because, like, Coach of the Year is kind of like most valuable player for the coaches. But, like, mm-hmm. They're coaches, man. They give us all the coach speak and the interviews, all that other kind of stuff. So it's not it's not insanely exciting. But yeah, let's start with that. You want you want to start with your coach of the year? No, you, I want to hear yours first. I mean, you said during the break it'd be kind of it, it's. A I want to hear your first because I'm be still surprising. I'm still sitting on it. I'm okay. still trying to resonate. It's between two coaches. Right. One will kind of tick people off. But it's between two coaches right now. <laughs> I want to hear yours first, though. I got you. I got you. No problem. There's a lot of there. There's a lot of you know. Eligible coaches, obviously, out there for that. You know, it's coaches that have been impressive, done some great things uh, over the course of this year. And, and some coaches who aren't working with a ton and are getting a lot out of their teams, I, I think, and, and doing a great job with that. But I'm going to go with one that I think a lot of people would be like, but look at the players he's got, all this other stuff. I would go with Cliff Kingsbury right now with with the Cardinals. And you have that team still sitting with one loss, right? Uh, I mean, with the Cardinals – playing extremely well yes you have the additions of deandre hopkins there with the cardinals you have aj green there with the cardinals as well jj watt on the defense for you know six or seven games before he gets hurt of course because that's what jj watt does but yeah chandler jones a lot of extremely good players coming Mm -hmm. this is why though he's handpicked his quarterback Yep. Right from the beginning, handpicked his quarterback to go all the way with and and build into the quarterback that he wanted in his system. And Kyler Murray has been insanely impressive in that. But but there is a level of coaching that has to go into that. There's also a level of coaching that comes with 
having all these players that have, sure, not all of them are, are superstars that are going to be in the limelight all the time and, and want the attention that kind of cause problems, right? But you still have to meld those egos together and, and form it into a functioning machine to start. You can't just ride talent to a one-loss record there at, at, in the middle of the year. Now, we'll see where it is at the end of the year and, of course, how they do in the playoffs. But right now, with how he's been able to kind of manage all of those things and even go through injuries and put this team uh, as, as one of the teams to beat, if not the team to beat in the NFC, I think uh, he's doing a really impressive job right now. Um, I can't argue that. I'm in a three-way tie. Um, I'll take out Bill Belichick because he is Belichick, but I have a co- <laughs> I have a co-coach of the okay. year midseason. I have I one in the AFC, that. one in the NFC. I'll start with the AFC. It has to be Zach Taylor with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. It has to be. There's nobody on this planet that could sit here and tell me Cincinnati at two weeks ago would have been five and two. And right now been five and four. Uh Joe Burrow, he he looks really, really good. Jamar mm-hmm. Chase, he's a top as of right now, performance wise, he's a top five wide receiver in the NFL. Um nobody really expected this out of Cincinnati. I didn't. I know you didn't. Um, I'm like I expected them to be high flying and throwing it all over the but place, but not this but, good. They're a playoff yeah, team. Exactly. As of right now, they're five and four. They're third in their division because they just took a hard loss to the Cleveland Browns. But they're definitely ahead of schedule. Last year they only had two, three wins. This year they have five. They've already doubled their win total from last year. Zach Taylor will be one of my coaches of the year, but I have to say this: Arthur Smith from the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. And I will say that because I know I'm going to get a lot of flag if Christian's watching this. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Last year, the Atlanta Falcons were 4-12. and 12. That's why they were able to get the number four pick, able to get Kyle Pitts. They still had Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, Deion Jones, Grady Jarrett, and A.J. Terrell, all at 4-12. and 12. They still had that exact team. This mm-hmm. year, they are missing Julio Jones. They are missing Calvin Ridley. They've missed Russell Gage for most of the season. Deion Jones has not been himself. And A.J. Terrell has turned himself into a top 10, top 5 performance-wise corner. And he Grady really Jarrett has. is still Grady Jarrett. Yeah. Matt Ryan is 15, 15 touchdowns, 6 interceptions on the season. Arthur Smith has now matched that win total from last year in just eight games as a rookie head coach. He's two games away from being 6-2. and two. You blow a game against Washington, you blow a game against Carolina, you're 6-2. and two. Matt Ryan throws two pick sixes against Tampa, you might be 7-1. and one. My thing is, Arthur Smith, he has come in. Is the Atlanta Falcons a perfect team? No. Will they make the playoffs? I don't think so. But what I will say is they'll have more than four four wins by the end of the year. They might finish with eight, nine wins. They look like a team that's trying to set an identity, trying to find a foundation within the organization. It's just the simple fact they don't have the players to do so right now. But I love the direction they're going in. Arthur Smith, Zach Taylor, those are my two coaches of the year. I don't I don't blame you at all for that. And, and – if we were sitting here two or three weeks ago, then I would say, all right, that, that's a little bit of homerism there. But, no, I mean, with what they've been able to do and how they've been able to come back from early in the season, and, and listen, they, they could have very well kind of buried it there early in the season and say we're, we're off to a rough start. Like you said, kind of giving away a couple games and like, ah, here we go again. Everyone's seen that mean. Ah, mm-hmm. Crap, here we go again, right? Well, they didn't. You know, they've been they've been fighting their way through it. Like you said, AJ Terrell has been ins- insanely impressive. The development he's been able to go through, and uh, I I don't blame you uh, very much. But mm-hmm. I, at the same time, you kind of take you you take away Bill Belichick there because he's Bill Belichick. But he has doing been doing a very impressive no, no, job. No, he's been there doing his Patriots. thing. So, but I got to take away Bill uh, though. Like like the mention there for sure. But I I don't blame you at all for that. So 
We got through the coach of the year. Where do you want to go next? Um, I know we got to be quick because we're against time just a little bit. But comeback, we could do comeback player of the year and rookie of the year. Okay, we sounds good. Yeah, sounds good to me. I think comeback player of the year is is mainly between two guys, and um, you know, I think both are, are doing very impressive things. I kind of just because of what he's working with. And we just talked about him, but but what Joe Bur- Burrow is doing Absolutely. is uh, remarkable for sure. Um, and, and obviously, you're, you're dealing with young wide receivers. Yeah, albeit Jamar Chase, you did play with him in college. Yeah, obviously, already have that chemistry, but it's different in the NFL. You're running from your life uh, for your life every single week with that offensive line. Uh, so I think that has been great. But it's hard to watch Dak Prescott and and not say that he is the comeback player of the year. So. Uh, I'll, I'll give it to Dak Prescott. Obviously, that defense improved helping them a lot. Um, you got some play, playmakers around him as well. But I seem like it's it's weird. I just said it, Joe Burrow's running for his life all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like Dak Prescott all the time when I'm watching Cowboys game. And I'm like, man, if not for him, where would they be at right now? So, like, give me give me Prescott uh, for, for the comeback player of the year give so me, far. Give me Joe Burrow. Okay. And I got a quick stat, and then we'll move forward. Everybody praises Patrick Mahomes because of how good of a quarterback he is. Right now, Patrick Mahomes, 2,500 yards, 20 touchdowns, 10 picks. Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, 5-4. and four. Joe Burrow with less weapons. I don't see a Tyreek Hill. I don't see a Travis Kelsey. I don't see an Andy Reid out there with a tri- um, Tyron Matthew on defense. I don't see none of that. Joe Burrow, 2,500 yards, 20 touchdowns, 10 picks, 5-4. and four. They're on the same level. Yeah. The same pace right now this year. One is being talked about more. One isn't. I would normally go with Dak Prescott because he is ha- having a better season, more success. I just feel like Dak has more to work with. He has just a slew of wide receivers. Agreed. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, Pollard's came on. A pretty decent head coach, who, a Super Bowl head coach at that. So, and, and Patrick Mahomes, he has a Super Bowl head coach. Joe Burrow, he has Jamar Chase, then who? T. Higgins. Um the Ricky, I, well, I wouldn't say the Ricky, but second-year playoff Clemson, and mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. Joe Mixon's a nice – he's a nice running back. He's nice, but I have to go Joe Burrow, man. He's having a really good year. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Well, so. like I said, I can't blame you at all. To, to me, it was a toss-up, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. Completely understand that. Uh, like you said, let's let's move ahead here to Rookie of the Year, and um, I, I will say if you want to do two, if you want to do offensive and defensive, I'm, I'm totally down with that. Um, like you said, got to kind of hurry through time here. But uh, at the end of the day, I think if if we're doing offensive and defensive, my defensive is easy. It's Micah Parsons. I mean, yeah, I think every, we could both agree on that. <laughs> every game yeah. is just uh, demolishing people and, and coming up with turnovers. And Linebacker like transitioned into a DN yeah, during kinda this that, year. Kind of that upstanding defensive end mm-hmm. and that kind of 3-4 type. So, yeah, um, I'm, I'm right there with you there. Happy we agree on that for sure. Offensive rookie of the year. I'm going to go with Jamar Chase. And I, I just – I know there's some other options up out there. I know Mac Jones is having a really solid year for the Patriots and, and kind of what Bill Belichick is able to mold him into. But every time I look up, Jamar Chase is, is scoring an insane touchdown. I look at his stat line kind of every week, and it's like 80-something yards, 90-something yards, and a touchdown or two. What he's doing with Joe Burrow right now is pretty remarkable. Obviously, you have the couple losses there. And and they're kind of going through a tough part of the season. We'll see if they can come out of it. But I think I would still go with uh, Jamar Chase on offensive rookie of the year so far. 
I got to agree with you on that. He's third in the NFL in receiving yards, fourth in uh, receiving touchdowns. He's basically the number one as a rookie, and he's looking like a top five. He is a top five wide receiver right now. Let me yeah. correct myself. I know we love Julio Jones and all these guys. You know, I, I think when healthy Julio, I'm always going to pick Julio. But if we're talking about right now, everybody's healthy in their own certain health estate. It's Jamar Chase. He's top five in pretty much every category. Um, just a few weeks ago against Baltimore, who I consider a top 10 team in the NFL, he had 10 catches, 201 yards, and a touchdown. Green Bay, who I think is the number two team in the NFL, um, he had 10 catches, 159 yards, and a touchdown. The kid is special. He's really good. Just this past week, I mean, against Cleveland in a bad day, six catches, 50 yards. He's really good. Um, he shocked me. Justin Jefferson was all-world his rookie year. He's about to just shatter Jefferson's rookie um, record for receiving yards and catches. So uh, I think we can agree on Jamar Chase. He's been – everything is advertised. I see why Cincinnati picked him over Devontae Smith. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No and knock against Devontae Smith having no, a solid season as well. Yeah, and I think you're seeing them both really thrive in their in their roles and with their offenses. So I'm I'm kind of right there with you. All right, we go to uh, the the last and final one, the biggest one, obviously, and the one that that might be kind of the most wide open right now. I feel like there, there's a lot of awards like this. If you look at sports, there's a lot of parody, and I, I I don't feel like there's one guy at the top right who's just clearing away, forming his his. You look at Heisman race. Heisman race is all up in the air right now, too. MVP, most valuable player in the NFL. What do you think? I'm going to let you go first. Man. I'm going to let you go first. See, that's the thing. I'm still, I'm still debating in my head as well. I think there's so many guys you can, you can go with. There's some off-the-cuff guys that some people might not agree with because they're not as big of a name. And then there's, of course, the, the big names and everything like that. I want to throw out there, by the way, I know he's got a good defense to play with, too. But I've been riding for Matt Stafford for years in Detroit. Oh, yeah. oh, and yeah. I've been told by a lot of people yeah. that he's just collecting stats and whatever and he's not that great of a quarterback, blah, blah, blah. Matt, Matt Stafford's top 10 in um, passing touchdowns all time. He is building, him, yeah, he is building yeah. himself an MVP resume and case right now in uh, Los Angeles with the Rams. And I think just you fill that one hole with the Rams and boom, they're, they're automatically a great team. Now, I'll say that. And I'll, I'll I'll actually. This is tough because like you, you can go you can go Aaron Rodgers you can go of course the classic Tom Brady. I have mine. If I'm going mid season, I think I'll go back to a team that I talked a little bit earlier about a little bit earlier. I know he has weapons around him, but Kyler Murray is is balling right now. Okay. He's balling. He's all over the place. Um, like I said, there's a ton of guys at the top that you could go with. No one is a clear front runner, but right now, and I think moving forward. I think he might make some insane plays and have some insane games that kind of separates himself and, and wins himself an MVP. No doubt. Can't argue that. You could, you could argue for Brady, uh, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Stafford. You could argue for all those guys, but I'm going to go a little bit different. If we're talking about midseason right now, okay. Trevon yeah. Diggs for the Dallas Cowboys. Dang. He's the MVP this year. Okay. This kid is on pace to break the interception record. Uh, I think held by Night Train Lane. I kind of want to change my answer because, like, I like riding for like the off pick. Yeah, because everyone always goes with the quarterback. I, yeah, I'm riding for the stuff. off pick. I was He's going to say balling, Stafford, dude. But they have played eight games. The Dallas Cowboys are six and two. In those eight games, 
He has 29 tackles, seven interceptions. Yeah. I think two pick sixes. He's the MVP right now in midseason form for me because I like it. as a corner, to be that exceptional in your second year when you're – they're throwing the ball to him yeah, because they're trying to pick on him because he was picked on a little bit his rookie year. He was picked on in college if you saw Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson give him the business at Alabama. He was picked on. But this year he has been nothing but locked down. I still put Jalen Ramsey as the best corner, but – as far as defensive player year, is Trayvon Trayvon Diggs cannot play the rest of the year this year. I will have him as my defensive player of the year. Seven yeah. picks, that's what you get in a season. He has that in half a season. He has his team sitting at six and two. He is the he is the big reason why his team is six, at six and two. Mm-hmm. When Cooper Rush played against the Vikings a few nights ago, who got the pick six to elevate that game? Of course. It was, it was it. Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. yeah. So every game you're seeing this kid get an interception. Or a pick six. He averages 0.9 picks a game. That's insane. He's due for a pick every game. I think I think the last game was the first time all season. Yeah, he, he didn't, didn't have get a pick. A pick. In game. Exactly. Yeah. The last game. You see so, what happened? They lost. You, you see what happened? Yeah, exactly. They <laughs> lost. They had yeah. a long day against Denver. The kid is special. Mm. I think it, I hate how we, and, and, and not you, I'm talking about in general, just yeah, aficionados no, no, no. and stuff, they overlook the defensive aspect of football. Aaron Donald's the best player in football, yeah. and he's a defensive player, but we don't say nothing because he plays defense. I love defense. I love old-school football. I'm seeing the Dallas Cowboys kind of play old-school brand of football defensive-wise, kind of just hit you in the mouth with Michael Parsons, and then you got your lockdown corner kind of like, yeah. yeah, it's, it's awesome. Scary back it's there. scary. Yeah. It's awesome. I'm not even a Cowboys fan, but you have to give respect when respect is due. For sure. Diggs is definitely the MVP this year. Man, I, there's not a lot of times, especially if you're talking midseason, right? I think you're right. There's not a lot of times where I'll change my answer on something. I will say when I'm wrong. I got no problem with that. I'll say when I'm wrong, but there's not a lot of times I make a pick and then waver off that pick. Give I'm with you, dude. I, yep. I, I had spaced out, and like you said, I got stuck in that quarterback mindset. Give me digs as well. Yep. Hey, I got to take him, man. But, you know, we're cutting it close again. Yeah. You yeah. know, that, let's get to we, it. We, we, we've been into his good talks, man, but we're going to go, we're going to go to break real quick. Um, you know, next segment, we're going to talk a little college, college basketball, try to make that quick as well. But we'll be right back right after this. And welcome back here on Second Down, brought to you by the Uniform Source here on ESPN Radio. PJ Zuko, Cam Ursery here with you. Christian Gokel uh, under the weather today. Hopefully we'll be right back uh, next, or not next week, tomorrow uh, with us here as Thursday. We get set for the weekend, get ready for college football and everything like that. Certainly looking forward to that. But college basketball started last night. Had some big games, some big notable games uh, there last night as well with Kansas and Michigan State facing off. You have Kansas getting the win there, 87-74. to Michigan State starts off unranked, and uh, Kansas obviously – most of these teams had a tough season. We'll bring that up here in a second. Mm. But last year, but uh, Kansas, number three in the nation, they get to the win there last night. And then number nine and number ten matchup, Duke and Kentucky. And also Mike Krzyzewski's last year as the Duke head, head coach. And they start off with a win there, 79-71 to 71 against Kentucky. And both those teams, of course, you have these you know big highlight games, whatnot, unless there's a huge blowout. Most of the time they both look pretty good. That, that was a, a barn burner last night as uh, Duke came home with a win by uh, 79-71, but still came down to the wire. And uh, Duke has some 
Duke has some ballers out there again, man. They, they, they're looking pretty good. As they got Trevor Keels, 25 points. Uh, Paulo Benchero, 22 points. They look like a pretty well-rounded team there last night. Yeah, I mean, it was a good effort from both teams. I love what Kentucky looked like. Um, not going to take nothing from them. For sure. Bray, he had 17 points, 19 rebounds. The Wheeler, uh, Wheeler, the point guard from Kentucky, transfer from Georgia, had 17 and I mean 16 and 10. Yeah. So he looked well, but those two dudes, Trevor Kills and Paulo Benchero, mm-hmm. those are going to be lottery picks in the um, NBA draft. Benchero is probably going to be the number one overall pick. They look good. Um, I was shocked of how good Kills looked. Not really Benchero because saw him in high school. Kids has got all the tools. He looks like an NBA player already in college. He just has to follow the rules. But, yeah, I mean, Duke, they're impressive. And last night I tweeted out, I'm like, how are these teams 9 and 10? I would love to see 1 through 8 and see how good those teams True. are. I would love to see that because yeah. that was a good game last night. As far as Kansas and Michigan State, Michigan State, they're going to they're gonna have a tough season this year. Yeah. I mean, it's still Izzo, so you have to respect Izzo. They're going to have a tough season. But Kansas – they have a kid at Kansas that's really good. He had 29 points last night just dunking the ball and shooting the ball, and they're number three in the country. Did they look better than Kentucky or Duke? I don't think so, right. but that's left to be said. Yeah, we'll have to see how the, all those rankings work out. Of course, you got the whole regular season to figure it out, but like you said, Duke and Kentucky looking really impressive. I like the way Duke looked, Duke looked too. If you just look at the makeup of their team, you have the freshman there and, and balling out with Keels, Manchero, 22-25. You have Wendell Moore, though, down the stretch too, making mm-hmm. plays uh, in that number zero jersey, right? He had 12 points overall, but big plays down the stretch uh, there from his guard spot and that junior leadership as well. You don't see that a lot nowadays with guys staying back, but I think the combination, yeah. when you have the combination of a experienced team with good leadership and those star freshmen, I think that's really when it starts to click. And uh, Mark Williams as well, three big blocks there in the game last night, one in the final minutes as kind of that athletic center for Duke. So kind of to me, you look at that starting five and, and what they played with down the stretch, a really well-rounded one to five type of team, not not one guy who's just going to blow you. But I, I think uh, Duke looked looked we- really well-rounded and looking forward to see how they move forward in the year. And I think that's notable, too. You said Michigan State could have a tough season. Let's remember where we are here in college basketball. I think one of the coolest things is seeing last night completely packed out, the fans back in the energy. I think we're kind of desensitized to that because we've seen it with college football so much this year. But think about where we were last year in half-packed stadiums, if even yeah. that. And being able to see that last night was fantastic for the game of college basketball. And also, look at those four teams. Last year, Kansas 21 and 9, Duke 13 and 11, Michigan State 15 and 13, and Kentucky 9 and 16. It's going to be a totally different year this yeah, year, though. Can these blue bloods get the chemistry back it, together and turn that corner? It's we'll, going to be a we'll totally to different year this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Like you said, last year with COVID, I think I didn't. Me personally, I didn't watch a lot of college basketball last year. I love seeing the fans, particularly in college oh, yeah. basketball. Um, I think those veteran teams last year were able to kind of take advantage of that because those young kids could not feed off the fans and the energy in the arenas. But I think this year, this is where you're going to see some of those Kentucky. They're fairly old too. This is the oldest team Calipari's ever had, sure. and they still have freshmen on that team. Yeah. Duke, they still have two. You know what? My, you know, my main man, Dick Vitale, would say diaper dandies on that yeah. team. They would still have guys like that, but they have veteran leadership, like you said earlier. This would be the team. This would be the year where the one-and-done teams, they come back into play and they hold that crown at the end of the year. But 
Yeah, man, I'm excited. Yeah, it's, it's going to be. I'm I'm pumped as well. Can't wait to see some more college basketball as the year goes on. Obviously, with uh, we're we're already basically halfway through November, so it'll start to turn up, and we'll uh, be in March Madness before we know it. But uh, we'll come back, got to wrap it all up here before three and out here on second down. Brought to you by the Uniform Source. Here on ESPN Radio, all presented by. The Uniform Source, second down, excuse me. I got them backwards there, but second down presented by the Uniform Source. we got to get set for, for three and out here. So, I mean, that that's kind of what's been on my mind. So looking forward to that for sure. Uh, Christian Gokel out today, uh, just uh, down the weather. Hopefully he'll be back here with us tomorrow. But Cam, me going over these uh, college football playoff rankings, we'll see if all this works itself out moving forward. That's what they keep telling us, man, but hey, we'll see. Kevin Thomas, B.J. Bennett, Ben Troop uh, right around the corner with three and out right after this.